You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Shuquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million-dollar seller. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. Today, we have John Chartier on the show. John, thanks for coming on today to chat with us, man. Um, why don't you let us know where you're calling in from? I'm calling in from Fort Mojave, Arizona. It's the middle of the desert. Nice, man. So uh, how do you like it out there? Uh, okay. <laughs> the view, the uh, views sound nice. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a beautiful place to be, but you have to understand, I lived in an RV for three and a half years. And that pandemic kind of put a damper on it. So I'm adjusting to having a house. I'm not used to it yet. We've been here five months. Nice. So I'm not so used it, to being in one place. Is, is it a lot bigger than what you're used to, I guess? It's bigger. It's not a lot bigger. We okay. only have a thousand square feet. Okay. Yeah, man. It's a, it's kind of like it, having a bigger place is one of those things. It's nice, but it's a lot more to take care of. It can be a little stressful sometimes, um, but hey, man, it's 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 uh, exciting to be somewhere new uh, every so often. So it's yeah, I'm, we're still going to travel. I'm not. I I didn't sell my bus. I have a bus. It's a forty forty three feet luxury bus. We did not sell that. Okay. Um, We've decided we agreed to six months before we do anything with it. Okay. Okay. Well, man, that's pretty interesting. I'm definitely excited to dig into that and, and, you know, figure out more about the RV and, and your travels and, and how you've been able to, uh, continue to work through, through all this stuff, man. But why don't we, you know, jump back to the beginning a little bit to, uh, you know, John back in the day, man, like what, what got you into entrepreneurship so early on? Oh, that's a that's a that's a can of worms that's gonna pop eventually. So yeah, it, we're going. I've been in I've been in business fourteen years. Okay, so to go back is fourteen years ago. Um, I was sleeping under the boardwalk in Atlantic City in front of the Showboat Hotel Casino and. Uh, I was arrested for for vagrancy. Um, did thirty six days in jail. Came out, and went right back to the same spot. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I started selling on eBay using the library computer, uh, the public library computer, and I just sold things that I was able to find. Okay. Um, I got into vacations way back then. I mean, it was, it's a, this is a different time than back then. I was able to reproduce a vacation certificate that I sold on eBay, which no longer you can't, you can't sell them anymore. It was a sheet you filled out and you had to mail in $99 and you basically signed up for a three-day timeshare. Okay. I sold that piece of paper for, I don't know, 
several thousand times for seven ninety five free shipping. Okay. Um, and that's how I got started. Uh, you know, I I was able to get a little bit of income and start to put my life back together. Um, alcohol played a part in the past of why I ended up there. And I, I'm not sure actually how much you're looking for, but from there, I I, I built a business. Um, I was determined to um, sell flags. I started in the flag with the flag business, which I just lost during the pandemic. I just lost my flag, flag supplier um, in December. Okay. They went under. Uh, American made. It was an interesting journey. I mean, I did a lot of eBay. I know a lot of people we we associate with are 100% Amazon. I didn't start on Amazon for eight years. I was terrified of it. You know, I I heard all the horror stories everybody else did. Um, I sell a little different than most people. A lot of, I know a lot of people in MDS um, talk about private label and all the things that they do. I buy and sell wholesale. Okay. And God has truly blessed me through it all. I mean, without, without my faith, um, without my faith, I'd be no worse. And it's evident that my faith got me to where I am through the things that have happened in life. Um, when I first started on Amazon, I was buying stuff at Dollar Tree and selling it on Amazon. And I was doing well. I mean, I wasn't going crazy. And then I met an importer from China who imports stuff. And I still and I, uh, I still deal with him to this day. I buy all my stuff from him. He does all the sourcing. He handles, you know, I, I read about all the container prices going through. The roof. I have none of that. Wow. Okay. Now, do I pay a premium? Yes, I pay a premium. But he provides, now, this is over the years, and and many face-to-face. I work face-to-face. I don't do the email thing. I don't do the phone. Um, If he says, hey, we need to talk, I'm like, okay, I'll be on a plane tomorrow, and I'll be there the day after. And we sit down face-to-face. Nice. that was my first real wholesale contract. And we kind of played around with a private label. Um, I still sell those products today. Okay. That, that bad, all the, all the mistakes I made, if you find me and really dig, you, you see all my mistakes. <laughs> because they're, everything I s- sold is still there. Okay. Um, Amazon offered me a $1,500 loan. And what you have to understand is when I started, I didn't have anything. Yeah. So a $1,500 loan was a, a, was a lot of money to help build the business. And the first thing I did was I spent 
uh, like 16 hours studying DollarTree.com and Amazon.com. I would take and find the product on Amazon from Dollar Tree and see if I could make a little bit of money. And I had a, an entire plan before I accepted the loan. Okay, nice. That's impressive, man. Um, I currently owe Amazon less than $100,000, which will play later in the story. But I have worked on borrowed money for the last six and a half years. Okay. Um, I am finally going to own my business in a year outright. I will own every piece of it. Um, so I, every time they offered me a loan, I took it because it was for a little bit more. And I, anybody listening that, that's getting into this, cash flow is the most important thing you can learn. If Absolutely. you read, if you follow me at all, or if you read anything I write, I always said sales, 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 sales. I said sales for the last, for the first 12 years in business. If you don't have enough money, sell more. Um, it took me a lot of hard knocks and a lot of uh, uh, hitting bottoms, different bottoms along the way to understand that cash flow is the most important thing that you have in this industry. The availability of cash to make the next deal is the most important thing. Um, so I got to where I was doing, let's back up a little bit. I went to Orlando on Chris Green. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Green. yeah, I know Chris Green. Chris Green was big on the circuit back then. The C hit, you know, he would have a, a scan power, I think it was. Yeah, scan, yeah, scan, scan power. power. Yep. He had these scan power conferences. Um. And there was another, um, Sam was offering a program back then. It was $10,000 ACE. I don't know if you know of it or not. I haven't heard of that one. Well, Sam wanted me to join that. He was doing a million dollars in sales, how to deal with Sony for movies. And, and I, I was really intrigued. And he said, listen, you got to go see, you got to come to this conference in Orlando. And we went to Orlando and I met these four guys and I'll never forget it. And I still talk to them. They were giving something like this, an interview. And I held up my hand when they were talking about it. And I wouldn't take my hand down. And I was like clearing my throat. And I won't forget it because it was the first prime day that Amazon had. And everybody was studying their phones. Okay. Now, how much is their sales? And, and I'm just sitting there nice and calm. I never looked at my phone. Um, my business was 100% dropship. I had no inventory except for what I was buying and selling from Dollar Tree. Uh, all my flags were dropshipped on eBay and Amazon. So I wasn't worried about it. I had an entire system. I looked at my phone in the morning and I was done. These four guys are talking about doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And they're known in back then they were known as the young guns. I just kept my hand up. And finally, in the middle of their talk, they said, OK, what? I said, oh, how do I become one of you? And the little guy on the end is now my partner. OK. 
and everybody started laughing. But that's my personality. I have this just right out in the open personality. After the conference, I got to sit with them and have lunch. It turned out that they had a product that they had bought and shipped into Amazon. It became hazmat. Well, these guys didn't buy 500 of an item. They tried to corner the market. <laughs> they would travel ungodly amounts of hours to buy this stuff already. They came to me and said, we don't know how to ship anything. We, the only thing we know how to do is buy it and ship it in the FBA and get our money back. Right. We have all this product. Can you help us? That's how that relationship started. I was trying to retire then. Okay. $30,000 a month, nice income, drop ship, no employees, no, no, none of the stress that you hear about today. And these guys just kind of twisted a knife in my side. They kind of gave me a challenge like, you can't do what we're doing. And before we finished lunch, I said to them, not only am I going to be able to sell a million dollars a year on Amazon, I'm going to do it hands-free. Yeah. Uh, I'm still working on it. I'm not quite there. I work less than five hours a week now. I'm not going to hide that fact. I do work. Uh, I still work in the business. So from there, it was just a challenge of growing. And I'm kind of. Um, hard-headed. I don't know what you want to call it. I just became so laser focused that I would work 16, 18 hours a day to reach. The only thing I wanted was to be able to send them a screenshot of my phone that I had 100,000 in sales on Amazon. That was, that was my goal. Yeah. Um, ASD came along. Never heard of that. Never heard of you know a show in Vegas where you can go buy stuff and meet people. Went there. Uh, I made another contact, and my business was growing. The income was growing, but there wasn't any cash. Okay, it would come in, and it would go out. Um, debt seems to do that a lot, especially when you get into much bigger numbers. I couldn't work. Now I'm married at this point in life. Um, we had a small double wide trailer that we lived in and we were going to look at housing. We went to a, um, an open house and there's this old big, I mean, real big bulky guy sitting inside and he said, oh, you came for my autograph? I'm like, dude, I don't know who the F you are. You want my autograph. I'm worth more than you are. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's the hammer. I'm like, who the hell's the hammer? So they bring these pictures over and show me that his name is uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz. Okay. He was the uh, he is the record holder for the most fights, the most everything in the National Hockey League. OK. 
It means a hell of beans to me. I know nothing about sports, nothing at all. I don't know this guy. He used to defend Bobby Clark. I know that name. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. So we went back to looking at the house. I thought nothing of him. I never got his autograph. The owner of the neighborhood, whatever, uh, what's it developed? Like a development, you know, where they're building new houses. Yeah, yeah. The owner of that whole development, his son came to give Dave his paycheck. Okay. Because they hired him to do the signing. And I'm like, are you still stealing? He walked in the door and I'm like, are you still stealing your kids, Thomas, the chain train <laughs> things? He was a card dealer that I used to go knock on his door and sell him flags okay. at the dealership. He, uh, and when I would stop by, he was taking pictures selling these trains on eBay because he had paid $3 for them. His kid played with them and stopped playing with them. And they were bringing $20, $30 on eBay. So he was doing it to recoup the money from all the trains he bought the kid. I was like, are you still stealing trains on eBay? <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? And I'm like, oh, we, we got talking. And Dave Schultz must have been tuning into this. And uh, so we got talking, and he says, how are you doing on eBay? I said, yeah, I still sell on eBay. I said, but Amazon, man, Amazon's just off the hook. I said, I, I'm so busy that I need to buy a house to run the bottom. We were looking at a split level, and the bottom was unfinished with, that walked out to a two-car garage. Okay. So I'm thinking office, warehouse, UPS can stop right there and pick all my stuff up for me. Um, so we went back and forth about it and we were talking about, you know, how he was selling on there. And Dave was very quiet. Now he now the owner left. We, you know, said our goodbyes. Dave came up and said, Can we have lunch? I'm like, okay, whatever. My wife gave him our number, my cell phone number. I didn't hear from him for like two weeks. And uh, he calls and says, this is Dave Schultz. And I'm like, Dave who? <laughs> didn't re I didn't remember talking to him. He says, I'd like to take you to lunch. I'm like, okay, whatever. We, we can go talk. I don't, I, I'm not a business guy. Uh, you know, I got a Harley t-shirt on. I, 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 I'm the old street thug, you know, face-to-face, -face, no, you know, there's no uh, dog and pony shows with me. You, you get what you get with me. So we go, and uh, by the end of the conversation, by the end of lunch, he wants to invest into my company. Wow. And I'm like... Wait a minute, you're some fam you know, famous dude. Like we walked in the restaurant, everybody knew who he was. Yeah, okay. Can we have your picture? Um, so we actually put a deal together. Him and I put a deal together. We wrote it out, signed contracts, the whole nine yards as an investor. His role in the whole deal 
was to bring me people to help grow the business. Okay. Because he still went to the Philadelphia rank, you know, the ice skating, the hockey rank thing. I, like I said, I'm not a big sports guy. So the, the arena, arena. Okay. He would go around to all the boxes and meet all the rich people. He says to me, I got this guy I need you to meet. I said, okay. He said, this is his company. I said, okay. He says, no, we will be able to get involved in this. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So he sets up a meeting and I'm, I looked him up on Amazon and the company sells direct to Amazon. I'm like, how am I going to make money? So he sells direct to Amazon. How can I make money with this product? He comes down, walks into the meeting. I turn around and said, when the F are you going to stop selling to Amazon? I got no time for you. I got to make money. I turn around, went back to work. And he was like, he looked at Dave, he looked around and he's like, what's going on here? <laughs> and that's what I mean. You get what you get with me. You get real. Um, and I didn't find this out until right before he came in that he was actually selling to Amazon. Okay. We sat down and had lunch and I'm like, I can't, how do I compete? How do I compete against Amazon with your product? You show me a way to do it and I'm all in. And then I went and I did some, I did a little more research and I did a little thinking and uh, I did, I purchased $400,000 worth of their product last year. The okay. resell on Amazon. Um, we made a deal. I made an order with him. My first order, my opening order with his company was $12,000. And he tried to talk me out of it. Because he was friends with Dave Schultz and he didn't want to see his friendship get jeopardized over my purchase. Uh, I pushed back and said, was my credit card declined? He said, no. I said, then ship the product. Um, and I eventually called him like a week later and said, I need more. And he couldn't believe it because I told him what I was doing. And he said, that'll never work. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eventually, I made a deal. I helped him broker a deal with Disney and Walmart on an exclusive. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I was never allowed. To, I, I helped put this thing together. I wasn't allowed to sell the product. It was a little hurtful Okay. Um, that I wasn't able to sell the product on Amazon. The product never made it to Amazon. It was only sold in Walmart. Okay. So that's how I became, that's where my growth came from. I mean, all, during all that time, I took a lot of loans. Uh, go back two years. I mean, all I did was buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. I didn't spend time in Facebook groups. Um, I was invited to, to join MBS. I, I joined. And honestly, I didn't even open the group up for nine months. Okay. I did not go. I, I, I'm not a Facebook person. I get up in the morning. I write a post on Facebook. I have a, um, a journal 
that I keep on Facebook. I've been nice. writing on that every day for, I started in 2016, I think. I was doing less than a half a million dollars a year when I, when I started. And I write every day about my business. I okay. journal every single day about my business. There's only 400 people that read it. It's a private group. Um, it's an open membership, but I just, I don't publicize it. Okay. And that's, that's what happened. 2019, everything was going wonderful. And California came after me for sales tax. Yeah. Um, I have an accountant that handles my money. I cannot tell you how much is in my checking account today, in my business account. I cannot tell you when the bills are due for the business. They run the finance. Um, we hired the lawyers, the firm in Atlantic City that represents the casinos for sales tax and tax issues. And they said, listen, we think we can beat California, but it's going to cost you more than they're asking for. <laughs> I was like, okay, what do we do? He said, I think we don't do anything and we follow what 80% of the sellers did and did just Ignore. didn't acknowledge it. Yeah. My faith did not allow me to do that. Okay. I couldn't sleep at night about it. I couldn't do anything. So I made a deal with the devil and I agreed to pay California. Okay. I gave them all my information, checking account numbers, everything. Made a deal for 12 payments to pay back a huge amount of money. Like Ferrari size money. Yeah. They got all the numbers. They called me about a week later and said, well, we've changed our laws again. We're going to take six payments from you. Okay. Whether you can make them or not, we'll hit your checking account every 30 seconds until the payment goes through. We'll take whatever you have in your account, wipe it out. I'm like, okay. When I made the last payment, it was Thursday. I made the last payment to them. They took the money on a Thursday. My payroll was due on a Friday. And I had $3 left in the checking account and payroll due the next day. Um, this is my faith again. American Express offered me a $25,000 personal loan at about 10 o'clock Thursday night in wow. an email. I took that, made payroll the next day. My wife didn't know until last year about that. Okay. Then COVID came and I had four, I had just received all my inventory in February. I shipped it in by truck. I had four trucks headed to Amazon and Amazon parked them because what I sell is non-essential. Okay. <laughs> so after California just about wiped me out, I'm on leverage borrowed money with Amazon my product sitting in their yard and I was wiped out again. I mean, Man. it was so close. That's, 
that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I mean, yeah. you can ask me all the questions you want, but I get on a roll and I apologize. I probably should have let you in there. I'm kind of Gary <laughs> V. Take over, oh, man, it, guy. <laughs> it's it's a good story. I think what uh, what what's amazing is how you know clearly you're you're a, a very intelligent person. You're a risk taker. Like you know you don't mess around. Um, you know, and and honestly, man, like I, I can relate to having trouble with with drugs and alcohol, like. You know, I struggled with that stuff in and out of trouble. I was really young. It was when I was younger. I kind of cleaned my act up around around 19 was when I decided like, hey, I need to figure this, figure this out because I'm going down a pretty bad path. Um, and then like it was between 19 and 25 where I actually started trying to get my crap together. And then by the time I was about 25, you know, I had finally left my past behind me um, confidently, you know, and kind of figured some things out. Uh, now I'm married with three kids and a couple businesses and, you know, haven't been in trouble for, you know, like 10 years. Um, so I can relate to that. And like your journey with getting started as well. I started out on eBay, a $20 course on drop shipping. I had just moved back in, uh, with my father after losing a job, um, and I had like 20 bucks and I, and I couldn't get another job. So I was like, well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this $20 drop shipping thing a shot. And I look at it as a blessing that I went through all those struggles. Cause I don't think I would have ever given it attention. This, this drop shipping thing, this internet thing, I would have just gone the continued to bang my head against the wall, going the traditional route. Uh, so I'm curious, like, how did you end up? Under, I think you said it was like a bridge or the boardwalk. In I Atlantic was under City. the boardwalk. Um, it was a uh, it was a lifelong thing. Um, I was molested at the age of thirteen. Um, this was tough for me. Um, I was raped at gunpoint at the age of seventeen by a male cop and his partner. Um, I grew up in the slums. I, I grew up, there was five of us that slept on, the, on a hide-a-bed, uh, a love-seat hide-a-bed. Um, my mother, my two brothers, and my sister and I. I was babysat by the um, president of a gang, his wife babysat me um, when I was younger. They, um, so I, 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 I'm a street thug by, by nature. Um, when the cop raped me, I really got into alcohol. Okay. I was a senior in high school and um, I had no way out. You know, you, you this um, this culture that we live in now is just, you know, I don't understand how people think because of the color of your skin, you have an advantage or a disadvantage. I, I, I came from the worst of the worst places in the world that I could ever find. Um, there was no way out. One day in high school, a guy said, 
if you join the army, we give you a cash bonus. And uh, that was that was my saving grace. That was the moment I was saved from gangs, from all of it, because it took me out. It yeah. took me out of the area and it gave me. But back then, you know, I'm 55. When I was in, at, I was 18. Drinking age was 21, except for on base. Um, after PT in the morning, you went into the barracks and we didn't have soda machines. We had beer machines, 25 okay. cents for a Budweiser. I drank heavy. I, I did. I, I came out of the military. Um, I got a general discharge for an injury, a medical discharge, but it falls under a general discharge. A lot of things were going on. It was 1987. Ronald Reagan was president and he was letting people out. And I was like, I want out. I just, I can't take it anymore. I was in Germany. I was always drunk. Um, I came back and um, my family was poor. I was like, I'm not going back there. I'm going to end up doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, so, I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and I met a guy named Jackie B. Cooper, who supposedly at the time was the greatest car salesman. And I got a job selling cars. And I just, I kept running from my problems. I was in South Carolina, North Carolina, Michigan, all over the world. Um, and I ended up fathering two children with a woman that I sold the car to. We lived together and things were bad. <laughs> they were never good. I tried to make them good because I never had a father, so I wanted to be a father. And I, no matter what, it didn't end well. Christmas morning, um, now, if I cry, I'll get through it. <laughs> Christmas morning, um, my daughter's 27. So 25 years ago, Christmas morning, I was invited over to see my children on Christmas. I wasn't living there. We were separated. I knocked on the door. There was no answer. I knocked on the door. There was no answer. It took me about 30 seconds or so, and I realized they were gone. That was 25 years ago. I have not seen or heard from my children in 25 years. Oh, that's tough, man. I was sober. I was sober at the time. Now I, I, I got clean, but I was sober. My kids were, were gone. Um, and the most dangerous person in the world is a man with no, with nothing because they have nothing to live for. I stayed sober. I stayed sober and um, I got into some criminal activity and ended up with a motorcycle, uh, a 2006 Yamaha V-Star that was brand new. 
And I said, I got to do something. I got to turn my life around somehow. And I started writing for Soldiers Killed in Action. Okay. Um, I was putting my life back together. And um, the state of New Jersey said that I hadn't paid child support in 10 years, even though the child support was set aside. A whole thing. They took my driver's license. I lost my job. And that's how I ended up under the boardwalk. Okay. Uh, I sold cars for a living. So without a driver's license, you couldn't be insured by the car dealership. So nobody would hire you. Okay. And it just, once I got under there, I, um, I felt sorry for myself. Now, I, I, I understand the entitlement mentality a little bit. Because I watched everybody get welfare checks and this handout and that handout. I, I struggled to get a shower. Um, I learned how to get into the Atlantic City Yacht Club. There's a five-digit code on the gate that gets you in. That same code works on the, sh on the shower rooms. So I learned how to take showers. Um, I learned how to look presentable. And uh, I survived. Uh, my faith kept me through it. A friend of mine invited me down to Florida. I went to Florida. Mom called me. I was couch surfing in Florida. Um, mom called me and asked me to come home. That uh, her husband had Alzheimer's and had blown through everything that she had worked all her life for, which was nothing more than a little falling down house. That's, you know, that's how I ended up under the boardwalk. Um, I did help mom. Mom does work for me now. She doesn't work. Um, <laughs> my wife, my wife is, um, an amazing person. She loves to tell everybody his mom gets a check. For being his mom. Yeah. My mom gets to do whatever she wants. She wanted to go to the Daytona 500. And I probably spent 15 grand in four days. She got to sign the start finish line with a marker. She was six people from Lady Antebellum for the concert. She got to sit in our RV and look out the window as the cars came out of turn two and dropped down in front of her to go into turn three at the Daytona International Speedway. That's what she wanted. That's what we did for her. Nice. That's beautiful, man. And I'm not, I'm not a race fan. I didn't know, I don't know any of the racers. I knew nothing about it, but she wanted to do it. So we went. Um, my life now is about, is, isn't a, Am I successful? Yeah, I'm successful. I, I did well. I mean, listen, I've done well. I, I, I'm proud of what I've done. From where I came to what I have, it's an amazing journey. But if you look at my lifestyle, I live in a small house. Yeah. Um, I, it's not even a house. It's a trailer. It's a, we live in another double wide. We live in another double wide. I run a multi-million dollar company. We live in a double wide. People laugh at me. Um, 
My office is right back here. It's the second bedroom. Nice. I I have no office. I have no warehouse. I have shoestring everything. And now that I have, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I've been blessed with so much. I feel like I'm I'm slacking. Uh, you know the the company I was telling you about that that uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz helped me get um, involved with. I could call the owner right now, and he'll answer the phone by the second ring of his phone. I don't care where he's at; he will answer the phone to take my call. That company did nine hundred and fifty million dollars last year in sales. I I have all the credit in the world with them. I can have whatever I want, and I feel like I'm letting them down because I only buy four hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. I just don't have the drive anymore. I, you know, I've lost the drive. I've entered a new stage in life that I can't figure out that you're going to have to, you're going to struggle with someday. Yeah. Um, it, it, you get to a point where you ask yourself, what is enough? What is enough? Uh, if you read my writings, if you look through, I'm always asking, what's enough? It's my favorite the question to ask when I go into a business. I asked the business owner, what's enough? Yeah. You know, my wife and I have more, we have more income than we know what to do with. Now, do I have a, do I have retirement money put away? No, I, I'm trying to save for retirement. I don't understand none of that. Don't ask me about stocks. I know nothing. Real estate, I have no clue. Um, I'm sure we overpaid for the house. <laughs> um, but it, it was cheap. It was my wife gets whatever she wants. She said she wanted this house. And I told the guy, okay, I'll buy the house. Uh, my wife was like, do you like it? I said, it doesn't matter. You like it. Yeah. So I, I enjoy life. I mean, I do enjoy life. It's tough. You know, if you think, and I don't even know, you know, I looked for this podcast. I can't find it. Um, I'm not very smart. And you said I was pretty smart. I'm not very smart. <laughs> I'm hard headed. I, I really, really, honestly, I'm hard headed. I don't give up easy. Right. Now, I get determined about something. Um, you guys, you know, I watch you guys. I watch you, the, 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 the younger generation. I say you guys, the younger generation. I, I read the post and I'm like, holy cow, man. There was one guy last year was talking about his product was on Ellen. Dude, that's sick. Yeah. You know, you guys talk about Groupon and all these things that you're capable. When I started on eBay, the image requirement was 400 by 400. That was the minimum size of an image. It was probably five years later that they made me change all the images on my listings because they were too small. It's the the changes are are happening at lightning speeds. Yeah, they are. And the one thing I can say is forget about you. Look at no matter what it is. Um, Amazon right now has a storage issue. 
step out of you for a minute and try and see their side too. Yeah. I listen, I know it's hurting some of my some of my friends, it's hurting some of the people in the group, it's hurting a lot of people, these new storage limits that that they didn't announce, that they just kind of slapped. But if you're gonna be in business, remember it's not always you. You you need to see it from all sides and try and find the best way through. And that's what I've done. That's the only thing I've done. Um, when eBay makes changes, instead of complaining um, on Facebook, which is a very common thing to do, I tried to see how it would improve my business by conforming to the changes. Yeah. It's definitely a better attitude to have, in my opinion. It, allow, it allows you to move forward a little bit quicker than just being frustrated. Uh, and I apologize for dominating the conversation. It is my personality. To <laughs> no, no, man. I still, I got a couple minutes. I can dig in a little bit. I think, I think what's real important about your story and, you know, honestly, it's why I'm pretty open about mine is um, because in our culture, it, it's changing a little bit, but you know, when I was younger and I'm sure when you were, when you were younger, you would agree that, uh, People with drug and alcohol problems or a criminal history, you know, you used to be looked at as kind of like you're done. Like, oh, you've got a criminal record. Oh, you're you have an alcohol problem. Like your life's over. You're done. And if you made it out on the other side, you know, you're like the half a percent and hardly anyone's going to be able to replicate those results. And what it what it leads to is a bunch of people who hide their problems, right? Which just digs makes it worse, in my opinion, because now you're scared to talk to people, and talking to people is really what you need to do so you can get through it and start moving the right direction. Um, but if someone like yourself is open and honest about what they've been through, then it's that you know that glimmer of hope is like, hey, I can. I can accomplish this too. I can get over this, you know, like my, my issues, no matter how difficult they've been or where they stem from, like, you know, don't define who I am moving forward. And, you know, it really hit hard to me because when I was going through a tough time and I was looking for a job, my father knew someone who worked at uh, the sanitation district in Hampton Roads. And I met with this guy and I told him, I said, Hey man, I've been going through a really hard time. I can't get a job. Nobody will give me a job. You know, I I need a job. I want to work. I just had my son. uh, You know, I just had a son, my first child. And I was like, I need a job bad. I was open and honest with him about everything. And he said, you know what, Nick, I'm going through the same thing with my kids that are your age. And I hope that, and he said, you've given me hope that they can get better, that they can w- want to do better and actually get better. So I guarantee there's someone who's going to listen to this podcast who either they're struggling with something and they've been afraid to admit it and they're going to get hope out of this, or they've got a kid, you know, it's a father or a mother that has a kid that's, you know, thinking, oh my God, is my child doomed forever? Like, am I going to be taking care of them forever? 
And it's moments like, like th- times on this show where they can see that, Hey, someone can get out of this. I mean, what were you like 40, 41 when you said 14 years ago, right. That you started yeah. on. Yeah. I was, I was just at 40. I was just turning 41 when I started. Yeah. And you didn't give up. And you mentioned Gary V early earlier, and he's always talking about that, right? Oh. Like you're 20, you're 21. You've got time. Like stop trying to figure it all out. Like be a little patient with yourself. And, um, it just, just kind of hits it home, man, to see that, like, well, you, nowadays, were able to- you guys, I mean, you watch these kids and, and they're kids to me, but they're not, you know, they built a million dollar business overnight. Yeah. They, you know, they don't have any, I, I don't want to say struggles, but the, the, coming up with the struggles, and, you know, people always say, what do you regret most in life? You know, what would you change in life? I, you know, there's lots of things that, that people would say, wouldn't you want to see your kids? Wouldn't you? There's nothing I would change. Not, not a single step. Because more than hope, I found faith. Faith that no matter what happens, that if I wake up tomorrow, I have another day to try and do something. Amen to that. I, I mean, sure, hope plays a part of it, but you got more than hope. You got to have a, a, you know, in the Bible, it says you have to have a mustard seed of faith. I don't care what your, you know, religious background is. It says you have to have the mustard seed of faith. A mustard seed is the smallest seed on earth. Yeah. You know, if, if I was able to mustard up that much faith, maybe, maybe I could get somewhere. Listen, when I started my business, my goal was, and, and I frequently write about this, was never to take another piece of pizza out of the trash can to have dinner. You know, I've done that. Um, it, it was never to build this multi-million dollar company that I was offered $2 million for in 2019. Wow. Um, cash plus all the, and I didn't sell them. I'll never sell it. Um, I'm not interested in selling it. It's my story. It, it's just, it's who I am. It, it's, but it was never, it was never to do all this. And now what do I do? I help people. I had a guy on my payroll um, who, who um, helped me. Uh, I stayed on his couch in Florida. I felt kind of, you know, that part of this company was because of all the help he provided me along the way. Um, sometimes just by listening to the struggles I was having. I paid him $600 a week. He did absolutely nothing. I've had... My employees have stole cars from me. They've stole money, product. Uh, all the, I don't know how to hire anybody. Uh, you know, th- this is for the people that, that have lived the darkest part of their life. I, have, I, I don't know how to hire anybody. I don't know how to manage people. I know nothing about business. If you have a little bit of faith, and you actually get off your ass and go to work and put your head down 
and do it day after day, life will turn around. It may not be, listen, I'm not going to promise you if you put your head down and work, you're going to have a million dollar business. I was blessed. I don't know. I still don't know why God blessed me with it. Um, but if you put your head down and work, life will get better. And you know that if you if you've had struggles with drugs and alcohol, you understand that. So, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing and inspiring, man. And, and that's the message that people need to hear that you don't have to strive for perfection. You know, it, it's progress over perfection, hands down, especially when you're coming out of some dark times uh, or struggling a little bit like you know, if you want to get perfect, get perfect later, once you've already made it pretty far, and then you've got only a few things to look at, man. But when life is tough, you just gotta, you just gotta keep moving forward and, and take a couple steps in that direction and take it one day at a time. I mean, I remember when I was trying to turn my life around, like the biggest hurdle was like thinking about what's life going to be like a year from now, two years from now, like, and then you just get all in your head and you start worrying about all these problems and you kind of freeze up. But if you take it one step at a time, one goal at a time, it's, it's a little more easier to, to, to make it happen, man. Um, I think you've got some great advice. I think people are going to want to know, you know, where they can read the stuff that you're sharing. I think you've got a YouTube channel as well. I think it'd be a disservice not to mention it, honestly, man. I, I do have a YouTube channel. I don't even know the name of it. It, <laughs> it, it. it was called The Homeless Millionaire. It was called The Homeless Millionaire. It now is a lot of videos um, that I put up that are just um, kaleidoscopes and things like that that make me relax a little. I, I don't talk much. If you really want to read about my past, I'm all over Facebook. I, I I didn't know, I didn't I didn't even know people followed me. Um, until I did a show like this with um, Steve. I forget, I even forget his last name. I had all these people come out of the woodworks and and, and say we've been following you since you were in um, eBay for moms or something. It was okay. it was a, one of the first eBay groups that I found. Um, if you, just friend me on Facebook, I, that's the easiest way to find me is, is Facebook. Um, my, my group is easy. It's no BS e-commerce. All right. Um, that's my, that's my private group. It's, and, and don't think it's an active group. It's not an active group. It really is. It, from the beginning, it was a journal for me. And you get to watch my crazy mind work through whether it was warehouse problems, cash flow problems, whatever it is, over the years through the different sizes from, from the time I was doing about 500000 a year to where I am now. Um, I hope to be somewhere around $4 million this year. I, I, God, God willing, I, I don't understand it because I don't yeah. – I can't – Understand that the, the, the other biggest piece of advice I can tell you is don't be scared to ask for help. Man, I, I, there's there's other groups besides MDS. If you're if you're not at that level and you can't ask for help. Uh, I don't know how many times I said, guys, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And somebody said, oh, I had that problem last week. 
I was talking to somebody last night and, and text and they were like, this is what's going on. I'm like, dude, I just went through that a year, a year ago. Yeah. Let me tell you what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Community is important, man. And that's the best thing I, I love about MDS is just, uh, you know, the network, the people, you know, the friendships, but the, the ability to solve problems so quickly, uh, in business is an absolute game changer, uh, for a lot of members in MDS. And you can post anything in there, man. Somebody's ran into it. <laughs> I, I, I want to put a plug for MDS. I, I, I'm not big on paid groups. I'm not big on paying money out. First of all, I got a lot of debt that I've been paying off, so I don't have a lot of money. MDS is probably one of the game-changing groups for anybody. And I don't care who you think you are. I I seen that dude that was on uh, Ellen's 12 Days of Christmas ask questions in that group. So there's nobody that knows all the answers. And as a team... Man, that, that group's amazing. It's the only group that I'm in. It's the only group that I participate in other than my own, you know, journal. Uh, it's the only group I participate in. So I think it's an amazing thing. I don't know if you're part of it, of the admins or, or what. I just think it's an amazing group. Well, we're glad you're getting a lot of value out, out of it, man. And there's definitely a lot of people hard at work uh, growing the group, but it's the it's the members that make it. So amazing, you know, guys like you and the other people you see in the group, man, just being open and honest with each other and willing to get together and and talk about business. Like that's, that's where the magic comes in, man, in my opinion. Um, John, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'm excited to uh, get to know you more and chat with you. Santa Monica, baby. Santa Monica. Yeah, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think we definitely got a few topics we can relate on and chat about. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Anytime, anytime, anything. Thank you. Are you a million dollar seller looking to network with like minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.